1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive
0: free dessert. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here in Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, who would be the easiest hawk to move? Could the Braves finally get some gold? And how concerned should we be about Freed and Right? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta.
1: This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: Hitting Hard is brought to you by. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on SiriusXM's app as well and follow me at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. <clears throat> so if we expect that the Atlanta Hawks are going to not just run it back next year, that there are going to be changes that are happening on this roster. I look and target three guys, Clint Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. And I think that one or maybe multiple of those guys could end up being moved. Now the question becomes who might be the easiest of those guys to move is it clint capella okay i think he's got the fewest years remaining on his contract he's still owed you know 24 million dollars a year i think over the next two three years i believe it is but he's got a contract that isn't top of the league but certainly it's certainly it's a contract that when you look at you know centers across the nba you know he's paid He's paid pretty well for a guy who is a twelve point, twelve board, you know, good defensive, but not elite defensive center. <clears throat> Maybe that's the guy that gets moved. <clears throat> John Collins obviously has the seventy five million dollars left on his contract. Twenty five million a year, seventy five million dollars. Could somebody look at John Collins and say, okay? We can get John Collins to be the player that he was a few years ago, a 20 and 10 player, right? We can keep him inside. We don't pull him outside from the three. You know, we we utilize his skill set, all that good stuff. DeAndre Hunter. I mean, obviously, you're looking at a young guy who was supposed to be the best on ball defender coming into the draft. He's been a bit of a disappointment as far as his defense goes. You know, he's obviously rounding into a little bit of a good offensive player. You know, he's giving you 15 points a night, six boards a night. You know, he's becoming a better offensive player, but still has a lot of struggles and still struggles on a night-to-night basis to put any kind of consistency together. But he's young, and you could look at his upside and things like that. Can I tell you, though, when I look at these three guys – I don't think that any of them is going to be very easy to move. And and I say that because, and maybe I'm biased because I'm watching the Hawks every single night. I mean, I'm in tune every single day to the Atlanta Hawks. And you could say, well, you know, they're definitely somebody that will, you know, look at their upside and this, that, and the other. But there's a lot of money attached to these guys. Whether it's the $75 million for John Collins, <clears throat> whether it's Deandre Hunter's contract which kicks in full board next season. He goes from a 9.9 million dollar to a 21 plus million dollar player and in a couple of years is a 24 million dollar player himself. And when you look across the landscape of the NBA, look, I know that there are lots of bad contracts that are out there, right? The league is the I mean the majority of the league is full of bad contracts of guys who don't perform up to the level of their contract right we see 12 five guys get paid 60 70 80 90 million dollars all the time for you know basically average production but you know it's a it's a piece that a team looks at and says okay we can't afford to be without that guy so let's give him a big extension and Obviously, the NBA is designed to reward teams for paying their own players, right? You know, it it when you when you have your own stars and your own guys that become free agents, the league is rewarding of that to make sure that you keep your guys in place. But honestly, I don't think that any of these guys are going to be that easy to move. And the question becomes, first off, Does Tony wrestler want to get into the luxury tax? Because right now, they're $9 million in the luxury tax. Just as is running it back with the guys that we have right now. So they're already $9 million in to the luxury tax. That's without adding anybody, adding any pieces and different things like that. One contract that might not be as bad to move is the Bogdanovich extension. And I think he got, what, $16 million a year? that might not be a bad extension because when you look at the value of what bogey brings, he can be a sixth man off the bench, or he can be a starter. I don't know if he's an 82 game starter, but he can be definitely a guy that comes off your bench. And even with that high price tag, he does have value because he can shoot he can score. He can just, he can kind of give you some offensive punch coming off your bench. So he might be at the end of the day, The easiest contract to move but you say to yourself that okay do we want to give up bogey because i think everybody is on the table other than trey young okay trey young being the 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 one piece that is off the table everybody else i think could be in the discussion to be traded off this team And, and that means everybody if if the right package comes along AJ Griffin, anybody could be part of a package, but I don't think it's going to be very easy when you look at their main dollar, uh, figure guys, that's Capella, Collins, and Hunter. When you look at those three guys specifically, because that's what starts to eat up some of your cap. Again, those guys are all in the low $20 million range and they have multiple years left. So I, I don't, Again, I I think that it's going to be difficult to find a way to move on from any of those guys. And and maybe the Hawks, you know, mindset is, is that, you know, they don't want to move on. I I don't know. I mean, this is what's going to be fascinating about this offseason is the fact that we don't really know what direction they're going to head. Again, if Tony Ressler isn't willing to get into the luxury tax, then one or two of those guys are going to be gone. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the Kevin Herter thing, right? It's all it's that all over again. Kevin Herter wasn't traded because he wasn't a good player, or he didn't add value or things like that. They didn't want to pay his contract. I mean, his contract would have put them in the luxury tax. So, you know, when I when I say about the idea of what's the number one thing that I want to ask Tony Wrestler, this is why. Because you're in a conundrum right now. And if you're looking at Again, I and wrestler's not going to come out and say specifically that we're not going to go in the luxury tax, he's going to, you know, dance and lumbata and you know, the collaborative and communicative thing, and and all these good kinds of things that he's going to throw out there. But if they're going to stay underneath the luxury tax, there's going to have to be a big salary that's cut because even Trey Young gets more money this year, everybody gets into more money this year. The big jump, obviously, is DeAndre Hunter, where he goes from 9.9 up to 21 plus million. But again, everybody's getting a boost in their salary. And if this team is committed to trying to stay under a certain threshold, I don't think it's going to be easy to move one of those guys. I I think that Clint Capella and John Collins are the two main guys that are going to get moved at some point here in this offseason. One is because the Hawks at least think that they have an answer in a Kongwu that they can live without Clint Capella. And two is, it may be just time for John. You know, when you have DeJounte Murray and Trey Young in your backcourt, it didn't work out the way that we thought it was going to. So maybe at the end of the day that this is finally the year that John Collins gets moved. But if you look at Hunter, Collins, Capella, I don't think it's going to be very easy to move any of those guys. And you can give me all the reasons why, and for every reason why that you give me, I'll give you one reason right back as to why somebody won't take a chance on one of those guys. All right, let's talk about FanDuel, as FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and obviously we are neck deep into Major League Baseball season. And when you're a new customer to FanDuel, you can sign up today at FanDuel.com and get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So head to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up, place your first bet, and get as much as $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And FanDuel allows you to bet on everything from prop bets to who's going to win to how many homers Aaron Judge is going to have, everything in between. It's a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and claim your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to sign up. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. So is this finally going to be the year that we see some gold for specifically Ronnie, but probably even Michael Harris at this point? Look, Ronnie is besides having just an MVP caliber season and maybe the best player in Major League Baseball, he's been outstanding on defense this year. He's throwing guys out left and right, right? Every, Every night that there's a highlight reel of what, ronnie is doing out in the field to throw somebody out right he had to throw the other day to third base and punched out a guy so now this is all coming together for ronnie right like he's healthy he's invigorated everything is coming together for him and i think that this is the year that we see gold come ronnie's way and maybe michael harris's way as well you know michael harris obviously was a spectac- spectacular defensive outfielder last year, making all kinds of highlight real catches. And sometimes when you get guys that are at that level, the gold glove doesn't catch up to them, right? Like the gold glove is one of those things that it feels like you have to get yourself into that club and, and kind of break through into that club. Once you're there, once you get into that club, then you can be a member of it for decades, right? You know, even Max Fried is a guy who's won gold gloves. You know, Andrew Jones obviously was, you know, the, one of the best defensive center fielders in the history of the entire sport. But once you get on that role and you get into that group, it, and it's always been a ward, an award of, how do I say? It, it's always been a, an award that is once you're in that group, they're going to give it to you every year. I'll give you Steve Garvey as an example for, for you, you know, people that, you know, go way back in baseball lore and things like that. Steve Garvey was not a very good defensive first baseman all by and large. Yes. He didn't make errors, but he had no range at first base. He had no arm to speak of. That's why he was a converted third baseman because he couldn't play third base. He didn't have the arm to play third base. So he was a converted third baseman that went to first. And yes, he could make the he could make good catches at first base. He could certainly, you know, pick it and he didn't make any errors. But as far as his value defensively, he wasn't a great range guy and he certainly didn't have a very good arm. But because of his lack of errors and things like that, he was a gold glove winner every single year. He got into that club, right? He got into that club where okay, you know, Oh, Steve Garvey. Oh, well, we know he's a really good defensive player. Let's give him the gold glove. Oh, well, he's the most deserving. Look, Steve Garvey's won four gold gloves. Let's give him five, six, seven gold gloves. And that's how that kind of works. I mean, that's, that's that club that you have to get yourself into. And so I think that Ronnie and maybe to a degree, Michael Harris finally find their way into that club because Ronnie has been outstanding now i i thought that dansby swanson in 2020 should have won the gold glove like he was he was legitimately i think screwed out of the gold glove in the pandemic shortened season javier baez for the cubs was the shortstop that won the gold glove that year and it took a couple few years to catch up to dansby swanson right he had been a really good defensive shortstop for a few years and and i thought that he got screwed in 2020 And then last year in 2022, he finally ends up winning his first gold glove and well-deserved because he'd been one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball over the last few years. It just took a while for the system to catch up to Dansby Swanson. So I do think that this is coming together now for Ronnie, that when we talk about really good defensive outfields, when you have Michael Harrison center, Ronnie and Wright. That's one of the best one-two punches defensively in all of Major League Baseball. And and the fact is, is that Ronnie keeps coming up with all of these highlight real plays, right? We we see him throw a guy out at home. You know, we see Michael Harris throw a guy out at home. We see Ronnie the other night, the other day, throw a guy out at third base. I mean, they're coming up with not just the catches, but certainly the big throws to get guys out. You know, I think Michael Harris has the best, um, home to, or sorry, from center to home, uh, as far as speed of throw and things like that, you know, I mean, again, there's all these metrics that you can get into, but here's what I know. When you turn on ESPN, you find that those guys are making highlight play after highlight play after highlight play every single night. And hopefully that this is the year that Ronnie and maybe Michael Harris, maybe he's still not, you know, old enough to get into that club, Maybe he's still going to have his ID checked and he's going to, you know, be told by the bouncer that he's not quite old enough to be in the club just yet. But I definitely think that whether Ronnie wins the MVP award or not, this is the year that you see him win that gold glove, that he's finally recognized for what his defensive performance is and what it means. And assuming that he can stay healthy, right? Assuming that he plays a full season, healthy, or at least you know 150 150 plus games of a season, and then he's obviously very healthy, and we'll talk about health here in just a second. But you know, certainly if he has a season like he's having so far, yes, the MVP might be in the mix. But maybe we'll finally see some gold come Ronnie's way, and maybe the Braves will have two of the three outfielders when all is said and done with gold gloves in their trophy case, because certainly these guys are making highlight real catches. And throws every single night in baseball. All right. We want to remind you to when you make Hitting Hard your first listen, let's you head over to the comment section of whatever platform that you're on, whether it's YouTube or what have you, and leave us a comment that you are an everyday listener. So we call them our everydayers. So we want to know who is our everyday listeners as our everydayers. We thank you so much for being a part of our community as we're now a little bit more than a year old. In this adventure and we thank you so much for being a part of the show and being that everyday listener so acknowledge yourself in the comment section let us know that you're an everydayer as you listen in five days a week to hitting hard with john chuckery so how concerned should we be with max freed and kyle wright's injuries you know and i don't want to overhype this at all okay but I'm going to, I mean, that's what we do in talk radio, right? You know, it feels like just, just feel, I know it's not there yet and it's really early on in the season. Okay. Got a long way to go, right? we got months and months and months and months of season left to be played, but it feels like that this is becoming a lost season for both freed and right. And Listen, Strider's been the most dominant pitcher in the National League. Bryce Elder has been fantastic in his starts that are coming up. And again, Schuster, Dylan Dodd—you know—they've figured some things out. They—they they give you a good start here, or there. You know, sometimes Dodd—you know—labors through a start, but okay, he does that. Charlie Morton has kind of had a bounce-back season where you feel pretty good about yourself, but it does feel like that in some ways it's becoming a little bit lost for Freed and Wright. And obviously those guys, you know, we expected to get, what, 60, almost 65 starts out of those two guys. And and right now they've given you 10 starts. They're two and two on the season in 10 starts. And that's the concern. And look, I know Wright's on IL right now, and, and he's got shoulder inflammation, okay? And obviously he started the year on the IL, with the leg issue freed right now is up in the air about his next start. And obviously he had a stint earlier in the year on the IL and it just feels like that this is becoming a lost season. And obviously we hope that they turn this thing around, they get themselves healthy. And by July, this is all, you know, just nonsense. But if, Max Freed and Kyle Wright have to be shut down for the early part of the year. I'm all for that. I, I got no problem with the grind of what a baseball season is. And you've got 162 games and you're making 32 starts or whatever. I got no problem letting Max Freed, letting you know Kyle Wright just take their time and ease back into it. Look, the Braves obviously are in first place. They've been outstanding on, on, on the road this year. The road record is just incredible how good it's been. We've called, you know, we've called them the Road Warriors, right? Not Hawk and Animal, but the Road Warriors. They've been really good overall. They obviously won another series against the Baltimore Orioles, who was a pretty good team. Now you get a chance to play the Boston Red Sox, who are not a very good team, you know, and you're in this stretch of American League games and things like that. <clears throat> You'll be headed back on the road here very soon. Just again, the long term of these two guys is what really matters the most. Am I concerned? Yes, I am concerned because I look at this and say, okay, this is becoming lingering and this is becoming lost, and we're not finding a way to get over this kind of hump and this hurdle. But the Braves have so much pitching depth and look, you can never have enough starting pitching depth, right? I mean, you can't have too many guys who can give you quality starts and start baseball games. But if there is a team that is equipped to survive all of this, it does feel like it's the Atlanta Braves because they've gotten contributions out of, you know, even with Ian Anderson down and things like that. And, you know, Mike Soroka, okay. One start is really good. One start is mediocre. One starts great. One starts bad. I mean, you know, that, that topsy turviness of Mike Soroka. But even with all of that, you feel like with Elder, Strider, Charlie Morton, right, Dylan Dodd, you know, whatever. I mean, all these holes are being able to be plugged up. And it just feels like that for right now, whatever we've got to do in the long term, because this is obviously the long game that we're playing in all of this. That's what's most important. That's, that's not, not not getting Max Freed and Kyle Wright back, even though Max Freed's your ace, he's your, you know, left-handed, best left-hander in baseball, right? You know, and again, you have a 20-game winner from last year and the best left-hander in baseball, and the Braves aren't missing a beat when all is said and done. That's a testament to how good and how talented this team is. How much depth of pitching, how much depth of just quality play overall that they have built up over this run. Right. So am I getting concerned? Mm, Yeah, a little bit. I, you know, I, I look at, I look at Kyle Wright and it feels like it's always something this year. And maybe, you know, for one of those guys, you know, it it does become sort of a lost year. You know, you get that from pitchers sometimes, sometimes it's not just a Tommy John injury that knocks you out for the whole year and you're sidelined and, have to have surgery but sometimes it's also you just you you just kind of linger through little injuries and don't pitch as well and you just find your way into a situation where yeah a guy makes a few starts here and then he misses a few starts and a guy you know does a little bit of this and he you know just kind of labors through everything Hopefully that's not the case because obviously we've got big fish to fry when it comes to Max Fried and Kyle Wright. But for right now, it definitely starts to feel like, okay, there's a little bit of this where we're just kind of trying to patchwork our way through it. And hopefully, again, when we get to July, we can look back at this time and laugh about all of this and say, remember when we were worried about Kyle Wright and Max Fried? Remember when we were worried about those two guys and could they contribute and all this, that, and the other? But for right now, it just feels like that there's something off with both of those guys. Something is just not right. And, you know, the injuries aside, something is just not right about those two guys. And I can't necessarily quite put my finger on him because Max Fried has been brilliant when he's pitched, right? I mean, he's been outstanding. I think his, his ERA has been, you know, next to, nothing out there. You know, he's got a 2.08 ERA, only 6 walks in 26 innings and 25 strikeouts. So when he's pitched, he's been fantastic. But it feels like a miss here, a miss there, a miss start here, a miss start there, and and we're kind of getting a little bit off track. So hopefully things bounce back and hopefully again, we look at the long game of all of this and look back and laugh and say, "Okay, right and freed. That's our aces moving forward. That's our guys moving forward. And now we're healthy, ready to go. And we, you know, get back on track and, you know, we're right back where we were being in the World Series business. So again, I'm a little bit concerned right now, but obviously it's a very long season. And again, we have to kind of look at this as the long game that we're playing, not the short game. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck. We're your first listen. Be sure when you go in and you listen to Hit and Hard that you go into the comment section and let us know that you're an everyday listener. As we call them our everydayers, listening in five days a week, never missing an episode of Hit and Hard. We do thank you so much for being a part of our growing community. And again, we thank you for being a part of this journey that we are on. Also, too, you can follow for free or subscribe for free and get on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast you can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available also to check us out on the SiriusXM app we are available there as well and then follow me on my personal Twitter page at jmch316 back with you tomorrow this has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, locked on sports atlanta